Hello everyone. I'm Rashmeet Kaur, your host in my podcast title Unsolicited Supply. Welcome back. You are listening to a very special set of episodes here uh, wherein I am talking about uh, sustainability in supply chains. So uh, like I have been saying all these set of you know uh, episodes I'm preparing for an examination called Certified Sustainable Supply Chain Professional Examination by the International Supply Chain Education Alliance. Uh, I am just a couple of hours away from the exam that I have scheduled and I'm really excited that I'm studying live while recording these podcasts. So uh, I hope you're liking this as much as I am. So without any further delays, let's start with, you know, this episode's uh, focus area. That is uh, sustainability in the transportation side of supply chain. So before we get into the sustainability development plan in this particular uh, segment of the supply chain, let's try to understand the basics of transportation in supply chain. So transportation is a physical reflection of the supply chain strategy of a business, you know. It indicates the quality of planning and the execution process that you have. And it also showcases the maturity of the collaboration amongst the multiple uh, segments of the supply chain. It's a very clear indicator of how your supplier-customer relationship works out. So it's basically connecting the dots within the supply chain, moving the inventory from one point to another. And therefore, there are two components that uh, I believe it impacts directly. First is the cost. Second is the lead time component. So because of these two components, it becomes a really important aspect of implementing sustainability in the supply chain because it has a direct, direct impact on the CO2 footprint. That's what we're talking about. So when we say CO2 footprint, you know, we need to emphasize on reporting the CO2 footprint as we have talked about in our couple of previous episodes, uh, you know, relating to uh, sourcing, purchasing, logistics, the importance of CO2 footprint. Same goes for uh, even uh, the transportation side. And the relevant category wherein we have to uh, check for CO2 footprint is scope three. If you can recall in the first episode on the uh, sustainability carbon foot CO2 footprint in the uh, you know sourcing and the purchasing side of the operations, we talked about scope one, scope two, and scope three. Scope one focuses on any uh, CO any emissions that comes from your end, greenhouse gases emissions and particularly the CO2 emissions that come directly from your operations. Scope 2 is something that is affiliated with the same. When I say uh, affiliated, I'm talking about the indirect, uh, uh, you know, activities associated with the same. And scope 3 refers to the uh, those emissions that happen because of all the affiliate activities that run beyond your uh, nucleus organization into your entire value chain. So, so you have to look at scope three here because here it includes inbound and outbound categories. It includes all the capital goods movement, the disposal, the disposing, the recycling movement, you know, any employee business travel, everything falls into this particular category scope three and transportation is a relevant category for mapping out co2 footprint under scope three now that's one aspect 
let's look at what are the common modes of transportation that are used. I think we're all aware of this from a bird's eye view that on a global economic level, uh, there are so many transportation uh, modes that are available, road, courier service, sea, air, rail, pipeline, and of course, the internet. It's kind of, you know, uh, weird for us to kind of understand and put it in that category, but it sure is. So, we cannot restrict our transportation. We cannot shut down this seg you know, segment of our supply chain. It's one of the most critical ones to ensure delivery to the customers at right time. And over with time, you know, the population will grow, the e-commerce will boom further. And of course, this, you know, need this transportation requirement will go up. That means the CO2 footprint will go up. How do you still deliver, you know, on time in full? There's a very simple solution to this, and that is clever and smart combination of the transportation mode along the entire value chain. So we'll have to use a mix and match of the, uh, you know, uh, the modes of transportation available and then plan it such that the carbon dioxide footprint is minimized. So when we talk about CO2 footprint, let's try to understand what in what proportions this changes along the modes of transportation. So when I talk about the least carbon dioxide footprint, it is definitely any manpower driven vehicles. You know, it could be in use in a particular region, uh, in your particular locality, and it used to be used mostly for low volume capacity. That's the lowest utilization and lowest impact on the CO2 footprint. Then comes the animal carts. Again, it is for short distance, regional, you know, localized areas and also most definitely low volume at capacity. Just my two cents here. I don't know why I feel even animal carts uh, does not align with the sustainable development goals because it is, um, it is, I, I, it, when it comes to the biodiversity, I think it has a direct impact there. Probably if you start overusing animals, it's more of like, when I say overusing, it's more of like, you know, animal abuse. So I am personally kind of against it, but definitely it has been mentioned here. So it's important that we know. Next in our uh, comparison matrix is solar vehicles. Solar vehicles as well are best suited for short distance regional uh, transportation and for low volume and capacity requirements. Now, beyond this point, we move to, uh, you know, fuel cells and the vehicles that are powered by liquefied natural gas. Now, this is, this can be used in cars, you know, all the motorbikes or, you know, uh, the vehicles that we already have, four wheelers and two wheelers. So using this technology in four wheelers and two wheelers. Now this is generally again for, uh, you know, regional uh, deliveries and stuff. But most importantly, we need to understand that this has a higher potential than the other two, the manpower driven vehicles and the animal carts. So it's somewhere in the moderate category, I'd say. That's the implementation. Further, we move further. It's the electrified vehicles, electrified trains, electrified trams, electrified buses, electrified trucks. And this is where it becomes an even higher um, number of, uh, you know, uh, kilometers that we can achieve. And I say kilometers, miles. Uh, back here in Asia and India, we use kilometers. So that is the another category. It is much better than fuel cells, but then it's not the best. 
moving further is the hybrid one. Now, hybrid, again, you can have hybrid trains, tram, bus, trucks. Now, all of these are used for like long distance, you know, uh, global intercontinental uh, demands. So that's, I think the hybrid happens to be the best one over here because after this, we have the one which has the maximum uh, CO2 footprint and that is your any of the, uh, you know, motor vehicle powered by diesel or gasoline. It is high volume capacity uh, kind of uh, arrangement and you can use truck, bus, ships, airplanes. Again, highest distance intercontinental global, uh, uh, you know, global impact on the CO2 footprint. So this was the categories of and uh, categories of modes of transportation and how their technology intervention has an impact on CO2 footprint. Now, there is a statement made here in this uh, particular uh, document that says that railway is the most sustainable transportation mode. I personally think because it hits a fine balance uh, because uh, it carries a lot of, a lot of uh, load in one go first. It can also have an interface of, you know, electronic, uh, electronic technology, electrical technology. It can also have fuel cells in some components. It could be powered by solar cells in some, uh, you know, short distance uh, components. So all of that, when it integrates into railways, it makes that, you know, it makes one of the best uh, probable uh, solutions. However, you cannot use it completely only a mix of power for electrification is relevant here. So the most uh, latest trend that is actually happening in this particular railroad industry is uh, electrification on of our uh, railways. And we know that rails cannot connect the points from shipper to consignee end to end. So we have to just maximize the impact areas wherein we can use railways. Otherwise, we have to use an intermodal transportation network. So for example, for some components, you could use, you know, um, some, uh, some manpower vehicle for some other components, you could use railways for some other components, you could use an uh, a proper airplane for the same. So it has to be like an intermodal transportation network, and the orchestration has to ensure optimization. That is the crux of the conversation. That is the, the optimum solution to ensure that our uh, carbon dioxide footprint is minimized. Now, uh, let's look at a couple more, uh, you know, improvement potentials in the in this industry, besides just the uh, design and optimization of the intermodal network. There are certain other uh, improvement potentials, which include documentation and data, transportation packaging, route optimization, fleet management, and service provider selection. Let's look at them one by one. When I say documentation and data, I'm talking about the amount of paper that is used in this industry to document every damn move. It says uh, that we use about 7,800 tons of paper documents from the transport industry. And that is equivalent to 80 Boeing 747, you know, freighters just filled with paper and that's a crazy number so imagine this if we can just go digital and eliminate paper the kind of sustainable impact that we will have the number of trees we would be saving in the process so that's one important thing 
documentation and data instead of having multiple legacy systems that are distributed amongst all the partners and stakeholders involved in this uh, transportation side of our operations why not just have one particular record go digital have something known as the internet of logistics wherein your consignee forwarder gha customs uh, shipper everyone update the information on the system and you save a ton loads of paper in the process your data is exchanged over the internet it makes your life much much easier the next improvement potential area is definitely our transportation packaging so we have heard a lot of cases wherein our uh, product goes waste or there are some accidents or there is some oil leaks all of this happens because our packaging is not efficient so we need to ensure that our packaging is very efficient so that it does not have a direct impact on any other uh, negative branding i want to say here because once you have such accident because your customers are much more aware of what's happening around in the world they get to know about this and news spreads out fast and then that impacts your brand image besides obviously having the other other damages and the cost elements involved to it so what is it that we could do about it we could use probably a new load security equipment we could optimize the secure loading of the packaging by using different designs of drums we could have honestly we could basically need to have like a combination of economic benefits and sustainable use concept because you know it creates and makes a reusable system that's very easy to apply and obviously it goes without saying that it has to be in compliance with national and international regulations now these are some basic product design innovations that we are looking at that can actually go a long way in redefining sustainability's prioritization in our own organization so for example there is this company called the drum guard which uses a fixing tool to build the loading units in a shorter period of time they have products that has a center metal piece designed for multiple drum types and there's a long screw at top of it and it just pulls them up all together and ensures that drums do not go haywire and they stay in one particular position and lifting them also becomes ergonomically easier so that is you know and Uh, improvement area to avoid any possibility of accidents and save money and the environment in the process the remaining two improvement potentials are route optimization and fleet management now uh, and i think they go hand in hand which is why we'll try to look at them together so if you look at the current industry efficiency levels when i talk about fleet management 25 to 27% miles are empty miles when i say empty miles they are not delivering any products they are not delivering any goods on the way they are just empty trucks on our optimized on our optimized so called optimized routes which are causing us which are definitely adding to our co2 footprint and our costs as well when it comes to the utilization of the fleet we are utilizing 53 to 56% only of our fleets at the current level and finally if i look at the overall efficiency we are utilizing just 40 to 45% efficiency of our transportation network and i think that means we have in immense scope of improvement over there so there are two possibilities and two examples of products that have from hitachi that focus on optimization of fleet and in the process routes 
so they have a product that helps predict your your that actually helps optimize the supply chain using predictive analytics when i say predictive analysis i'm talking about unplanned downtime management arrival time accuracy fuel optimization parts supply optimization remote diagnostics the repair recommendations driver and operator management all of them fall under the purview of predictive analysis to support and optimize your supply chain that is one the second part of this product by hitji is about predictive maintenance so they are delivering predictive maintenance and prescriptive repair solution for very large commercial leasing companies so what they do is that they can actually provide you the uh, spaces the physical spaces to get your maintenance done use data to suggest when and where and you know and how much capacity does maintenance is needed by their particular set of um, you know vehicles or any mode of transportation that you are leasing and utilizing this software technology for you can either you can actually use either the software or you can use it in conjugation with your lease car that are available for delivering so you can either have a business lease or you can have a private lease and they provide you a proper full service truck leasing as well so these are all rentals and servicing technologies integrated with the hitachi software that actually helps you predict and manage your fleet and also manage the predictive maintenance component of it so it says that you know it has more than 608 maintenance shops it has 6000 technicians who are available to support you and and definitely it saves you huge amount of money and that money is more than 15 million dollars per year so if you can use a technology solution or even lose a leasing uh, you know uh, arrangement business lease arrangement for your transportation side of activities you are definitely going to say 15 million dollars isn't that a number really enticing enough for you to you know work on it i personally believe if i owned a business and i would be having a potential to save around 15 million dollars a year i would definitely go ahead with it you know it actually says that it reduces your repair time by 15 minutes per repair order and they also ensure that there are no repeated repairs in the next 45 days what else do you need to ensure the optimization i think that's a beautiful product from hitachi and they are using predictive analysis even for route optimization so it basically means you're avoiding empty miles throughout the uh, entire uh, you know route that is recommended and you combine the various transportation points back and forth and you also use the currently available uh, docking and uh, freight loading platforms that they have in their physical network spread out so that's the one sort of uh, application of ai and ml for best route and not just the shortest route so that's the beauty of this they call it the ai powered council and uh, they actually have used this particular technology intervention even in sea freight so they call it like uh, ai enabled software to allow a captain to make decisions based on data and facts to optimize your fuel consumption 
So it basically delivers environmental as well as financial sustainability. And there are actually use cases that suggest that on one trip, the model could have saved one sixth of what was burned. You know, it gives you suggestions like if for the next X number of kilometers, reduce your speed by Y, uh, you know, amount. If you could have such um, optimization tool available with you, I think uh, I think it's the most easiest way to kind of um, save money and also reduce your CO2 footprint. Now, those were the areas, four areas of improvement potentials, the data and the documentation, the route optimization, the fleet management, and definitely the final one, which is your, uh, you know, packaging used in the transportation segment. Now let's uh, look at some interesting sustainability solutions from our uh, industry towards the end of this uh, episode. Uh, now let's talk about Amazon. In 2019, Amazon delivered, and Amazon got delivered 100,000 electric delivery vehicles from a US-based electronic vehicle manufacturer. Amazon has planned that they will start using uh, these vehicles to deliver packages by this year, 2021. And they have ensured that 10,000 new vehicles will be on the road as early as 2022. And by 2030, all 100,000 vehicles would be on the road and they will all be electric. So look at the beauty of this. This is a solution that one of the biggest uh, organization in the world is uh, focusing on. And uh, this paves the way for business operations to actually have a positive impact on the environment. Because at the end of the day, you, you are actually in a serving business. If you have a service that is not sustainable, it is going to die down in the next decade or so without any say. So that's the um, you know beautiful example that I really love about Amazon. They have been focusing on uh, sustainability and not. Finally, uh, towards the end of it, I just want to introduce and throw a couple of concepts here and there, you know, and I think they open a forum for a lot of discussion. Uh, when we are looking at transportation improvements with regard to sustainable dev plan, you know, development, there are some components that need to be taken care of. And those components are what will happen to my cash flow? How will the lead time be impacted? Does competition does it or does not do it? Uh, will my planning quality be affected by this? Will my people accept it? Will I have proper risk mitigation? Will I be able to, uh, you know, have meet the capacity requirements if I change this? Will I be able to deliver in time? Will I have uh, such technology available in my country to implement the same? These are some business case questions that you need to evaluate before actually uh, getting into it because we all know the risk involved with this you always have the risk that your shipment might get delayed. It, there's always a risk of disruptions and the risk of hazardous materials. So obviously you have to choose a solution after having answers to all these questions uh, because it helps you decrease the probability of disruptions. And in case you are somebody who actually transports hazardous materials, it becomes much more precarious and important for you to look at solutions that... Uh, are not just solutions for, uh, you know, somebody similar to you in the industry, but are tailor-made to your particular need as well. So definitely, my friends, it will require a lot of studying, but nothing comes easy if you're saving 
for example we talked about saving the 15 million dollars why would not you uh, you know do your research about it so at the end of the day what are some ex- five actions you can take you know as a beginner so align your transportation strategy with your competitive strategy consider both in house and outsource transportation design a transportation network that can handle e-commerce definitely use technology to improve transportation performance pick the right forwarder and the freight provider design flexibility into your transportation network because nothing works without business agility in today's world so this was just a quick primer about how uh, transportation activities in the supply chain can integrate sustainability in their day to day actions and activities so this was another episode in the series that we are focusing on so you know certified sustainable supply chain professional certification by the international supply chain education alliance i am hope you are liking it as much as i am i am revising this live with you all to give my exam in a couple of hours so uh, i'll come back with one final segment before the uh, final exam and and i hope this added value to you and if not if i hope uh, at least it gave you a starting point to get at you know bringing uh, or even thinking about sustainability in your organization see you next time